Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Leaders. I'm Sam. Inspiration is one of the best ways to transform. Conversation with Leaders is a bi-weekly interview with industry key players, CEOs, financial authors, and professional money managers worldwide. Get valuable insights from people who've seen it all. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. Today, we are joined by Stephen Goldstein, one of the leading coaches in the financial markets industry. Before all of the coaching, he worked for 25 years as a trader at some of the world's leading investment banks. Amongst other things, we're going to discuss his new book, Mastering the Mental Game of Trading. Harnessing the power of the inner self to fuel trading outperformance. Stephen, it's great to have you with us today. How are you? Great, thank you. A pleasure to be with you guys. Well, it's great to have you on. And uh, for anyone that follows us both on Twitter, we'll both know we're Arsenal fans. So it's great to have a fellow gooner on the podcast. How are you feeling about us and to the end of the season? Yeah, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. I'm not making any predictions. <laughs> too right uh before we get into the book then it'd be great to hear a little bit about your career I mentioned obviously the, the trading side of things how did you get into that what did you trade how did you get to where you are today yeah well i, I joined um many years ago now we're going back to the mid 1980s which was the the kind of early days of the modern trading trading era um as markets were opening up and i joined a, a japanese bank in london where i was kind of an a, a sort of an assistant on the desk for uh, for a few months and then slowly <coughs> learned the job, got into the job a little bit more, um, started taking risks, started market making, started running risk. Um, and, and that was it. My career just sort of, um, you know, sort of went upwards in, you know, dips and troughs and peaks. Over the next few years, I moved to Credit Suisse in London where I was market making, um, you know, foreign exchange rates, um, you know, sort of products around those trading interest rate derivative products, futures mm -hmm. on various markets, um, moved from a market making role into a propriety trading role, which is, you know, you're not quoting clients anymore. You're just the, uh, the risk taker. And uh, my career continued along that path. I moved to the German bank, Commerce Bank, um, a few years later, and then I moved on to the banking arm of American Express, um, and then left that after nearly 25 years um, and uh, made a pivot towards working as a performance coach with traders. Um, and I, I was very heavily influenced about halfway through my career through some work I'd done with a performance coach uh, when I was a trader um, that, that had a big impact on the trajectory and my success in the market. And uh, I was fascinated and hooked by that. And I decided to go down that path. And I've been doing that ever since, working with traders, investors, uh, people from across the financial markets. Amazing. And we'll talk about the book now. And also for anyone watching this on YouTube, the, the link for the book will be in the bio. And, and same for the podcast in the bio, you'll be able to find all Stephen's links uh, that you can click on. Um, but what made you want to write the book? What were the inspirations uh, that led you to doing it? Oh, so it goes in so many different directions. I mean, other than the fact that I was approached from a publisher who liked the way I talked and thought about this mm -hmm. job, 
um, I think I always felt that, you know, when I went through my trading journey, I was always looking for answers. It was always, you know, the answers must be out there somewhere. And I looked for answers in systems, methods, strategies, approaches. I've read a lot about psychology. Um, but the, the, the real change for me was when I started working with a coach and he got me to reflect inward. I started me thinking about, you know, who I was, how I was engaging with mm. markets, what I was doing, um, you know, how I, uh, how I engaged with risk, the processes that I did that, that led to the way I traded. So I started going this way backwards into me rather than looking for the answers out there. And I, I realized that that is what happens. That's what generates great performance. Okay. Really getting to understand yourself and how you are, not just what you're doing. Um, and I applied that in my work as a trader and it had huge benefits. And I, I think that was part of my inspiration to become a coach because I felt, you know, there's a message out there that I could take to people and that could help them um, move past the obstacles and the, the, the hurdles that they faced. And I've, I've done that over many years and I've seen enormous impacts on people's performance. And it, it felt right that I really had to write that down and share it. And in a way, it was the book that I never had 40 years ago when I started. It hadn't been written. And I felt I wanted to write that for traders. And, and a lot of the feedback I've got from people who have reviewed it and read it since it was launched last month have echoed that same thing. It's, it's a common reframe that, you know, this is the book I wish I'd had 25 years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's some praise. And, and I've seen similar reviews from, from people and some really big names in, in our industry. And, and that's testament, I guess, to, to the job that you've done. On, on the book itself, obviously, you discussed the inner world of trading. What would you say that the key themes and lessons that you believe that make it valuable for traders across all different markets and all different approaches? Right. So, yeah, and I think it's really important to make that. This works across all approaches because we're risk-taking. Okay, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what form of trading you're doing, you're taking and engaging with risk. And there's there's a quote which is which comes from mountaineering, which I use in the book. And the quote is, it's not the mountain we conquer, it's ourselves. And that was said by Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the first man to climb Mount Everest along with, with, with Norgay Tenzing. And um it, that that phrase I've adapted to, it's not the markets we conquer, it's ourselves. And and the bit about the markets is we still have to know what we're doing. We still have to have the technical expertise. We still have to have strategies and ways to do it. But ultimately, they're not what decide whether you're going to succeed or not. They're just things that take you to market. It's really how you are and how you perform and how you monetize all those tools and ideas and strategies that matter. And that, that's about you. Okay. And that is the essence of high performance. That the, That's the essence of... Any performance activity, whether it's sport, whether it's music, whether it's the arts, whether it's leadership, whether it's sales. And it's the same in trading. It's the essence of trading. Um, so that is the kind of, you know, if I could summarize the book, it's kind of captured by that phrase. And, and, and then from there, you've got this concept, this idea that, you know, really trading is a performance activity. You can have all those skills and not make a penny. You know, because you can't yeah. put it to work in the moment, in the market. You can't affect high-quality decision-making 
when the decision is staring you in the face, you 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 lose it, you go on tilt, um, you you don't pull the trigger, you suffer self doubts. Um, you, you're engaged in this constant internal battle between you and your ego. So the book goes a lot into that battle between the ego. Um, and there's also, you know, something which, um, which we don't think about, but we, we don't really know fully what we're doing, what trading is, how markets work, even though we're engaging with them. So there's a lot of explanation about that in the book. Um, there's certain models and frameworks which help bring that out. Um, and there's, there's, there's another framework in there I use which kind of emphasizes this concept of behavioral slippage. That, you know, if we could ex- execute all the ideas using all the tools and methods and strategies we wanted, we could create this great big upward curve in performance. But then it's us with our behaviors that bring it back down to there. So it's about trying to reduce that behavioral slippage. And I introduce a performance model, um, which I've taken from work I've studied in psychotherapy and adapted to this field, um, which helps people understand and navigate that journey that they take through the markets and helps them understand the processes they engage with as they engage as they engage with markets and risk. Yeah, can you just elaborate on that sort of performance process cycle? So you, you introduced that in the book. You know, how can it help yeah. traders overcome these emotions, these biases, and improve self-awareness as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the process cycle really looks at every single thing we do, every single trade we do, every single decision we make, or even a, running a whole series of trades um, as a, like a portfolio maybe of trades as a single task or mm-hmm. a single action. And it, it, it helps people understand what they're going through as they're going through that tasks. Um, there's four elements to it. There's four stages to it. There's what we call the being phase, which is the first phase, which is about how we are and how we turn up for the task. You know, do we know the purpose of the task we're on? Are we geared directly to that purpose? Are we going to stay present to it? You know, are we following the right purpose? Um, and then are we starting to engage with that process? Because the next thing is once you have a purpose, you need to have a process which helps you achieve that purpose. And that's that's really what your your trading playbook is or the various playbooks that you apply to your work as a trader. Um, so there's, there's one getting into that ideal state, what we call an ideal state, being psychologically, mentally attuned to the market, engaging with it, being curious, sensing uh, the market. And then that takes us to the next stage, which is we call the production stage. It's much more of a, a transactional stage where we start to form a trade idea. We start to make sense mm-hmm. of the feelings we have, the sensations we have, maybe the research we've read or, you know, our following of the, the price action in the market. And that that allows us to develop ideas, um, to be creative around ideas, or, or maybe even ideas that we might systemize into some sort of you know, semi or quasi systematic process. Um, and, and and that's when we bring our playbook back into it. You know, how do we apply that playbook? What are the trades we're going to take? Does the idea fit that playbook? You know, does it meet our rules and criteria for taking a trade? Does it help us size the trade? Does it help us have a structure for after the trade? Or once we're in it, does it help us form a plan, you know, from entry through to trade management through to exit? 
Um, and that takes us then to the trade, which is the performance part. So that's the third quadrant. And that's where things get really hot, where our emotions are highly charged, where our ego comes into play. And that's the bit where we're most likely to, to get into trouble. We'll struggle to follow the trade which we form and the idea which we form. We, we, we suffer performance anxiety. We become nervous. Mm. It's like that footballer who, you know, 99 times out of 100, he's going to put the penalty in the back of the net. But suddenly the whole world's watching him. It's the last minute of the game. and Your nation's joy and happiness is on you. And suddenly their legs go to rubber and their ability to put the ball in the net <laughs> just dissip, you know, dissipates. And normally it's England playing Germany at this point. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it's, it's that. It's, that's what's happening in trading. And that's why we so often struggle. We've got the tools and the strategies and the methods to do it. We just struggle to monetize it. And quite often then we can get into these spirals. And I talk a lot in the book about these, the trader's death spiral. This is really where you've gone on tilt as a trader. Um, we use a lot of sort of poker and blackjack analogies in the book and metaphors. And, and once you're on tilt, you're in trouble. You know, you are at that point, your game as a trader is owned mostly by the market. Mm -hmm. You'll start doing what the market wants you to do and what you need to do. And it's about you really trying to own that rather than be owned by the market. And that takes us to the, the final quadrant, which is the most import, important quadrant, the one that really will help you become a great trader if you can actually manage it. And that's a psychological phase, and that's called the letting go phase. And that's the ability to get closure, to accept what happened, to be good to yourself, to exercise self-compassion, um, and then really to just let go and move on from whatever happened, from whatever the outcome was, whether it was good, bad, indifferent. It's done. It's gone. But quite often we're still owned by what happened. You know, and that's when we go back into that death spiral. We revenge trade and we hope trade and we become nervous and anxious and fearful. So this key element called letting go, which is something that I really did in the later part of my career, career that helped me become a far more successful trader. Um, and it's something, it's a super skill, effectively. And it's something I noticed that the best traders do. They do better than anyone else. The best sports people do it as well. They're all masters of letting go and taking this kind of letting go attitude into yeah. everything they do. So that's effectively the cycle. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's through the book. Yeah, it's really interesting just listening to you speak about that. And I'm thinking, oh, if I had known this at the beginning or had a process to deal with all of these emotions that you're literally talking through, the revenge trading, the not letting go, I'd have got from A to B well, way, way quicker. And I'm so sure that a lot of our audience listening to this will feel exactly the same. So uh, please do do check out the book. I think it's going to help a lot of traders you mentioned sharing in the book anecdotes and stories of real traders how do these stories contribute to the book's message and, and what can readers learn from experiences in general of others in the trading world that have had those experiences before yeah well you know my, my job as a coach is often storytelling um and my clients yeah. are often storytelling their experiences as well um, and, and I often feel that stories bring, you know, concepts and ideas to life. 
Um, and I didn't want the book to be heavy. I didn't want it to be technical. Um, I wanted it to be for someone anyone can read and enjoy and, and and relate to. And that's another thing that comes back from from the book is so many people saying how relatable it is. Um, so so there's obviously some technical elements in it, but I try and keep them as uh, as minimised as possible. That's why again I, I like to use metaphors. But people's stories, real people's stories, bring this to life. Um, and I show I share my stories in there. Um, I share share a, a trade throughout the book, which was what I consider the best trade of my career, uh, which hopefully brings that 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 framework that performance process cycle to life. But I, I share uh, the, the stories of many of my clients, often amalgamated into into the stories of a few clients because they're, a lot of people have the same stories. And, uh, you know, although yeah. I, I had to get permission from people to share their stories, you know, they had to remain anonymous, their workplace had to remain anonymous. Um, and, and I felt sometimes it's best to sort of bring them into one single story with, a, with an anonymised name. Um, there, there is one story of one client, which isn't, um, isn't, uh, it is anonymized, but it's not amalgamated from several stories. Um, and it's of a hedge fund trader, and he was quite happy for me to share his story pretty much verbatim, as long as I, again, didn't reveal his name or the, the company he worked at. But other than that, they are a collection of stories, and it was. It was really helpful writing it. I was writing it as I was coaching and as I was in the markets. Um, and even as I was doing a little bit of trading on the side, which I still do, uh, just for fun. Um, and, and you know, I wrote it during, a, during the, I planned it and I wrote it during the COVID, you know, the post-COVID Ukraine, Russia years. And there was so much going on in markets with my clients at the same time. Yeah. I felt I was writing at times in real time, almost as they were telling me their stories fascinating and, and and it's quite interesting just listening to what you said there that a lot of the stories are relatively similar which just shows that a lot of traders go through the same thing and everything is going to be so relatable um in in the book you you talk about how attitudes and, and misconceptions can hinder traders could you share some of those common uh misconceptions traders might have yeah yeah um you know it's it, you know, misconceptions about the style of trading they're doing is often mm-hmm. a common one. Um, misconceptions that they've got to trade every single move in the market is a common one. Yeah. Um, you know, that idea that you're there to trade the market at all times that you're in front of the screens is a really common one. And I talk a little bit there about time of day of trading. But it's it, it's also, you know, you've got to trade when you're set up is right when the circumstances and conditions are right when you know not every single move is a tradable move not every single market is even a tradable market um and again then it it can depend again on your style of trading certain styles and again i i use this framework in the book i call the two approaches certain styles require you to be far more engaged and active in the market other ones require you to be far more sporadic and um, sort of uh, um, time the market or time your entry to that certain setup. So, so there, there, there is a lot of you know. I, I probably don't have time to talk about it now, but you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about what trading is and how we apply ourselves to the job of trading and the task of trading. Yeah, the the, the book also helps uh, or aims to help 
traders develop calm and objectivity, which I think a lot of traders will know is is super important. How can these qualities be instrument, instrumental in navigating the challenges of financial markets? And how can traders cultivate them using your model? Right. So 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 that the model again is really helping people understand both themselves and what they're doing. Um, and you know that the, there's often there's often this thing where people go, I just need to talk myself into self belief. Okay, yeah. I need to maybe just you know sit there and do a little bit of mindfulness or meditation. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of those, and uh, you know I do mention them in the book as being you know beneficial and helpful. But you know it's it's a little bit like all those are pretty meaningless and useless if you don't really understand fully what you're doing. Or you don't really have mm-hmm. a a roadmap of how to do them and how to be most effective. They're really useful and help you when you do know, helpful when you do know what you're doing. Okay, then they can add that little bit on top, you know. But if you're sitting there and you're effectively creating a process and acting in a way which creates a negative expectancy in your trading performance, no amount of meditation is going to help you. On the other hand, if you've got a process and a way of working that has a positive expectancy, okay, then you can use that to to improve that, to increase that, or to make sure that you actually are able to monetize that positive expectancy. So, so this this book is much more about getting yourself a set of processes and a set of practices and understanding exactly what's going on within you and within your engagement with the market. That can then set that up, and, and and that's what it is. You know, once you know, again, what I'm getting back from people is, you know, really getting to understand what it is you're doing when you're engaging with the markets. And I, I, I use a phrase in the book, which was a big thing for me. About I adopted it about halfway through my career, which was learn to love your losses. Now you talk about love it. You know, damaging beliefs and attitudes. You know, the idea that every loss is a failure okay which which we will feel it because we, we we're wired that way but if you allow that to own you and hold you okay then you won't take risk you, you never want a loss so you never take a trade okay um whereas if you can look at your process with a bit of distance and detachment and say okay there's lots of losses in that process on the way to victory it's just an occupational hazard you know, you might be using a method or approach that has just mostly wins, relatively small losses, but the losses tend to be much larger, which is okay as long as that's part of the process, part of the the the, the equation that ultimately gets you to victory. Or you might have a process that wins wins relatively rarely and has lots of losses, but most of those losses are small and contained. You know, and that could be your equation. And it's actually once you get to that and you can start accepting that in your head that those losses are just part of that that process and they're not damaging, then it becomes a lot easier to take them, to have them, to trade with them, to not let them disturb you. Okay. To have the self-belief that doesn't that those those losses don't kill. Okay. And to carry that in your head. Okay. That is what can make a huge difference. And that's what made a huge difference for me. And that's why I came up with that mm. mantra, learn to love my losses, because, you know, without losses, I was never going to win. 
Yeah, and, and and self-reflection then for you is, is right up there for traders. They need to, to be doing it and it can be just so crucial when done correctly, right? Totally. I mean, this process is, again, you know, if you have a journal, it really helps. And I do encourage people to journal when I talk about journaling in there. But yeah, if, if, if you're not doing self-reflection, you know, which is a, the big part of the letting go phase, if you're not looking at yourself, mm. if you're not willing to be, you know, um, to critique yourself, not, not to criticise, you know, criticism is something I'll try and, self-criticism is something I encourage people to avoid and unfortunately we all do it, but to actually look at yourself uh, with fresh eyes, maybe even to get feedback from other people, to look at the feedback the market's giving you, okay, and then to think, you know, what am I doing well? What can I do better? How can I do it differently or how can I improve this? Or actually, am I doing it okay? Just the market conditions aren't right. But I've got to keep going because eventually that's my process. It pays off over time. Yeah, fantastic. Last couple of questions, uh, Stephen. I mean, traders often face various challenges. We mentioned some of those throughout this, this chat. How does your book provide practical strategies for traders to overcome obstacles and improve their overall performance in the markets? Right. So, so again, the, 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 think of it as like a self-help book in a way for traders. Okay. Yeah. The, the entire book is a series of adopting uh, a, a different approach to what they do. It's like almost a framework for trading, for thinking about everything that you're doing and for putting it almost into this kind of map of the performance process cycle and then using that and revisiting that. Okay, and, and it talks about journaling and there's there's several frameworks and tools in there I also talk about as well, which you can bring into that entire journaling process or that self-improvement process. See, that that's it. it it's about self-improvement. You know, if you go out there and you think, I just need to find a system, I just need to find this great indicator, I just need, you know, I just need the key to the market. But that is not the key to the market, okay? Yeah. That is... A route to market, that's a route to finding trades. The key to yourself is yourself, okay? So it's about then having another angle, which is self-improvement. Looking at me, how can I make myself better? Okay, how can I be a better trader? So there's there's doing the trading and then there's being a trader. And this is about being a trader. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, the, on the feedback, we mentioned at the very beginning, I mean, some of the names of... Uh, have left reviews and they're, they're big in the game it must make you feel pretty proud uh about all of that yeah yeah it's you know it, it's great you know we've you know i've been in the market a long time i've got to know a lot of people um you know we have our podcast as well which you were a guest on once yeah um and uh you know that also introduces you to a lot of people as well um and you know we we sent them the the you know the sort of early uh, manuscript for the book and asked me if they'd be willing to sort of read through it and then leave a review and they were they were they were very you know generous a few people said look unfortunately i don't have time at the moment i wish i could um so you know tom hugard was one person who was gonna you know who wanted to but he said he just doesn't have time morgan house or another um but you know we, we we were really you know thrilled to have these people spend time reviewing it jack schwager linda rashke you know brent donnelly um, uh, yeah. you know, Mike Bellafiore, you know, uh, Denise Sharman and Brett Steenberg, just real, some of the great names of trading who said, you know, left really nice comments. 
Yeah, fantastic. Well, Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I think there's going to be a lot of information just in the podcast alone for traders out there. But remember, you can find the link for the bio and Stephen's links all uh, in the bio of both YouTube and the podcast as well. Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sam. Great to speak to you. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular recipient's investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results.